0: We are creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Hey guys, it's Darian Douglas. Welcome to the second season of The Working Artist Project. In fact, if you're back after the first season, welcome home. And if you're not, let me tell you a little bit about this podcast. I sit down with some of the most influential and talented artists from multiple fields and we discuss the challenges of constructing a successful career as an artist. You will be inspired and motivated after listening to these amazing people conquer challenges and live life on their terms. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. Alright guys, I want to welcome the one and only, the master of everything, oh, come on now, Peter Nelson to The Working Artist Project. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. I want to get right into this. Why did you choose trombone, man? It's not. It's not an instrument that uh, that seems very popular, man. Um.
1: So it's not, it's uh, not even really that interesting of a story, but I so I I picked flute in fourth grade because I thought I had a really beautiful sound, and I got made fun of so much that I quit flute know that's heartbreaking (laughs) but I quit flute and then uh I think they took like the band program out of my school in uh fifth grade and then in sixth grade they reinstated the band program and I I saw trombone and I was like yeah that one I uh I saw it didn't have any buttons and flute had a lot of buttons so
0: (laughs) you know it was a little a little a little bigger so yeah I picked trombone and I actually immediately really loved it and you're like this is gonna be a little easier man I There's thought no buttons so. on this thing. I thought so. That was wrong, wrong, sir. <laughs> yeah, man. Trombone, trombone is a funny instrument because it seems to me like it's the most rebellious instrument. You know what I mean? And the most interesting people usually play trombone. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Usually, it seems like trombone players, no offense, trombone players out there, but y'all seem to be more combative. But you All right. are more chill. I appreciate that, man. That's <laughs> kind of you. So did you, did you realize that you were like making this like huge life decision to be a rebel when you chose the instrument?
1: Uh, No, but certainly I was made aware of it as I started checking out jazz music. Um, I remember, you know, really early when I fell in love with jazz music, I was 13 or 14. And it was almost exclusively with saxophonists and, and, uh, and trumpet players and, and piano players and singers. And my my stepdad actually got me a jj J. johnson record oh, and that was okay. like i was like oh my god this is this is amazing but as i started to as i continued to explore that i i noticed that there was this kind of this gap there was not as many there's not as much representation certainly in the jazz trombone community as there was in saxophone or trumpet per se
0: right 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 yeah
1: so who is peter nelson oh man
0: <laughs> how long is this video come on baby let's get in there
1: um I, I mean, just like anybody else, a uh, uh, sum of all of my experiences and influences, and probably a little bit of genetics, and uh, <laughs> just you know. a little, just one percent <laughs> genetics. That's no, it. No man, I'm, I, I'm uh, some of my experiences, man. I owe so much to uh, the people that have contributed. You know, just like anyone else, man, I owe so much to the people that have supported me and the people that have pushed me to, you know, to to better myself and to look really critically at myself. So I peter nelson just like any anybody else is is uh some of my experiences with other people and
0: mm-hmm. also internally okay man it, you know the one thing i admire about all trombone players that i come across is their ingenuity and their understanding that in order to make it playing this instrument i have to always think outside of the box you know what i mean like do you think that's something that is innate like you were born with or something that you developed and if so when did you realize you needed to develop it and how did you do that well um
1: and i think uh i think thinking out of thinking outside of the box or anything like that is a byproduct of, of just being in a creative mindset right and just being generally creative not just in music but in everything that we do and i think i think um i'm going to kind of segue this in, into some, something else that i'm thinking about a lot lately and that's I think uh, Julia Cameron put it best when she said we, we ourselves are creations. So the natural state of existence, I think, is creativity. And to not be creative is contrary to our true, true nature. So hmm. to think outside of the box and to be creative is something that I think I've, I've always done only because I've allowed myself to do that. And I find that um, those of those my, my friends and people I've interacted with that are adverse to that Uh, to uh, adverse to the idea that they they are not creative um, are just they just don't you know don't trust themselves and and uh, don't trust the validity of their own you know creative potential content and I think that that's I think that's an issue we're all creative and we're all people that are have the capacity to think outside the box if we just trust that we have something to offer and nothing to prove damn
0: that's deep yeah man speaking of creativity like what motivates you to create um
1: i mean so so many things man A huge motivation for me uh just like so many others uh is the people that i meet and the people i think that i think that this is a huge generalization but this is something i truly believe is that the thing that the only thing that really has any inherent meaning about being alive is our inner other you know our interaction with other you know, carbon-based organic life forms. You know, other <laughs> right. animals and people, other conscious. Right. You know, more consciousness, and that applies to you know anything natural has consciousness or has some degree of consciousness, some degree of existence. So, mm-hmm. so I think that my experience with with interacting with other people and interacting with my natural environment, those nothing inspires me more than those things. And um, you know, on the on the flip side, you know, to be very intentional with my creativity, I think that art throughout history has really um has really been on the forefront front or at least in support of a lot of social progress and social change and Mm -hmm. i think especially in a time you know like the time that we're living in right now we do have a responsibility as artists to be creating content that is that's moving the narrative forward as far as like as far as the social needs of today i think that that's really important so those two things you know my relationship with with people and other consciousness and then my relationship with what's existing what exists right now in our social climate
0: wow okay yeah man that's pretty deep so man you, you just said social climate so right away i'm thinking about all of the stuff that's happening in politics and um all of the police shootings mm-hmm. like you know like specifically I, I you know what i want to talk about i want to talk about donald trump
1: okay <laughs> we,
0: we can talk about donald Trump. And Hillary Clinton both, you know, like listening to to them talk and listening to them ignore important issues. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that, you know, how is that affecting your music, you know, and how is it affecting your life, your day to day life? Well,
1: when you see a system that is so in such stark contrast to truth, you know, the natural reaction is to try to, you know, try to put truth into the world, right? When you see a system that's in such stark contrast to, to love, you know, that's so fear obsessed and fear centric. What do you have to put into the world? Love. You know, we have, I think when we see such, uh, you know, such destructive dialogue and such, like I said, such an aversion to truth, um, I, and, and such an incredible aversion to empathy. I think that, often we're overwhelmed like what can i do you know that yeah. we we talked we talked about that right, you know what right, i mean like right. what what can i do um and it's it's you know the the old aphorism is true man like you can you can only do you can only do like you you have to live by example right you right. have to just just embody those things in your day to day life you know what i mean and you you have to embody truth you have to embody love you have to you know and all those things it's not like we we're talking about- before. it's not uh it's not love and positivity, you know, because of naivety or ignorance. It's love and positivity in spite of the fear and hate that's in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that takes
0: courage. That's yeah. it's so it's easy to give in to fear. Yeah, it's easy. You know? Man, so how do you overcome that? Because to me, like being a musician is very is terrifying yeah at times say like, oh Absolutely. shit man how am i gonna pay this rent like i got this girlfriend it's her birthday but i don't yeah. have no money like i gotta figure all of this out <laughs> <laughs> you know or like right now i got a lot of gigs but man shit what am i gonna do in six months you know what i mean like um, how are you overcoming that fear um man well, I'm, it's I'm, gonna for, be different. Are, are you even
1: fearful i'm sorry i'm yeah. just assuming i <laughs> no, i'm fearful man i i'm fearful and and i think i mean to be fearful is to be human right mm-hmm. you know but but I try, I devote a lot of energy to not letting that fear overcome me, Mm -hmm. you know, and to understanding my fear and hugging it and holding it close and telling that fear, you know, I I see you, I hear you, and then, but I'm, you know, I don't need you and letting it move away, you know, and that's, that's, maybe that's a little bit, maybe that's a little, you know, nebulous, kind of esoteric, but I think, um, I think that. It's impossible to disassociate with fear by focusing on fear, right? Damn. It's impossible to disassociate from anything by actively trying to disassociate from that thing because that's still where your focus is. Mm. So for me, what's the opposite of fear? Love. Courage. You know, courage. Yeah, all (laughs) of these different things. So I'm more interested in focusing on those things and letting, like I said, like understanding that fear, but then just letting that. Mm-hmm. move away mm-hmm. you know and that's that's difficult i mean nobody i don't have the answers man i don't right. know why you ask me that but but you know but that's you know <laughs> it's just a focus on love man yeah you so know?
0: man are you working on any interesting projects
1: i am man um i have a band that i've been thinking about putting together for a long time that's now been pretty active we did some we did some recording uh called baia b-a-i-a mm-hmm. um got some links to some videos okay what's the link Uh, It's gonna be right up there. Okay, it's gonna be right (laughs) up there.
0: We don't know what it is, but it's just right there
1: Um, (laughs) and then uh, and then I have uh, uh, The bias sessions which is an entirely different project. Okay, Uh, the bias sessions is uh, my uh, on my YouTube channel. That's just gonna be um, Duos and trios featuring different good friends of mine. Uh, Most of the time will feature their original music so it's gonna be cool yeah nice man those are the two that I'm most
0: excited about right now wow that's amazing so you guys check it out check out the links that's gonna be above and in the description and uh, let them know what you think about the videos even if you hate them right. (laughs) so so recently you you have a record or an EP that's coming out soon Mm -hmm. right let's talk about that like how did you get to that point and what was the catalyst for you to be like now is the time for me to record something and to release it for three years now i've been i've been dealing with a uh, uh
1: very speaking of fear <laughs> of really a pretty crippling physical issue on the as, as a trombonist on my instrument uh a type of dystonia a type of vocal dystonia also with a schwastic sign that turned into kind of an internal complex or chronic hyperventilation and i after years of not knowing what was going on and, and going to you know, every teacher and, you know, doctors, ENTs that I could find, um, without any answers, I finally found my way to this woman named Jan Kagaris And Jan, uh, saved my career, you know, probably saved my life, at least metaphorically, man. Oh, um, wow. she, uh, she's, she's an incredible human being, incredible healer. And mm-hmm. I encourage any musician having any issues, not just brass players, any musician to go to her. She is the truth. I've sent so many friends to her. Um, but, in my recovery, a lot, a lot was having you know a lot of that had to do with with trusting myself again and getting away from the fear of the instrument. You right, know, right. when you pull that instrument up, and your body is afraid of it because your body has these natural associations with tension and angst and and um, and hyperventilation, all this stuff. So like, I'm finally moving out of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm back to my duty as as an artist and a, as a you know creative soul to to You know have a little bit more output and i think that healing has given me perspective that issue gave me perspective um and it's it's just time to put put out it's time it's time man and sometimes you just know it's time so i have i have these videos with uh with this band that i'm releasing um and then we're doing a record in 2017 and i'm also planning a second record with an entirely different group Okay. Um. Damn. I'm fired. That, yeah. I'm super. Ex- <laughs> I'm super excited about them, and both are going to okay. be exploring some. Uh, oh, both are going to cool. be exploring love. You know. That's great. And not In you. Know, oh, exploring love. In in response to fear. You know. In, in or in as an opposite. Love is, as, you know, a
0: warrior of love. You know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. You made an interesting point. Uh. Or you, you made uh just now when you said that, you have to, trust yourself again you know Mm -hmm. i feel like that's like one of that's one thing that as you don't really think about as a young person but like the older you get you realize that things are going to happen in life you're going to make bad decisions and then they're going to be so bad or they're going to affect you in such a way that you're going to have to learn to trust yourself again Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like did you what kind of psychological things did you do to reach a place of peace
1: oh man I think peace is, uh, compound. You know, like we ha- we're we're always adding to our own peace, to our you know, our space of, of you know meditation and our our um, our internal zen. And we're all adding. We're always that's that's compound. We're always growing. That's always growing. So, but the things that I'm I certainly don't think that I'm there. I haven't arrived. But the things that have been really helpful to me are empathy and forgiveness. Hmm. And also something that, oh man, who shared this with me? A, a good friend of mine shared this with me recently, the idea of self-compassion instead of self-esteem. Because oh, self-esteem is contingent. Okay. Self-esteem means I have to be successful. I have to be better than someone else. I have to I have to be successful for my self-esteem to be there. But when I'm not successful, when I fail, which I'm inevitably going to fall short. Right, right. My self esteem's not there for me.
0: Mm.
1: I lose self esteem, but self compassion, self compassion says, "Hey, listen, man, I love you, and so right."
0: I hope y'all got y'all pencils out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like it's all right to be you, <laughs> and and that all that self compassion to me creates the environment to be creative because then there's not an agenda. There's not right. for the self esteem. You know, it's like self compassion. I'm already like like what, what I said earlier. This is this is a Janism right here, man. Is I. Uh, um i have a lot to offer and nothing to prove damn you know there it is these are just just like <laughs> just committing to that stuff though you mm-hmm. know man that stuff is difficult to commit to yeah. those ideas especially living in a, a city like new york as you know as we've oh. talked about many times
0: yeah
1: man wow peter shit
0: man <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you bro. man i don't even know what to ask you next Okay, I got one. Okay, man, why why did you choose to um, to move to New York City? You know, what I mean, you play trombone. Nobody don't want a trombone player. Man, <laughs> man you, know, I, you thought you're gonna get a Sesame Street? gig? <laughs> green. There it is. I'm just playing, guys. I'm a trombone player. I love you,
1: Corey <laughs> but, Wallace. But hey, man, if anybody from Sesame Street is watching this, <laughs> you know, my my website might be in the link. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, we can put yeah, his yeah. website right up here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> man, so, uh, so I do really, I do have to express, I do like deeply, deeply love Tremone and, um, it's not, you know, no one's going to pretend that Tremone is, is not underrepresented, um, historically and, and in modern times, but I do, man, I have so much respect for the Tremonists that are doing it today. You know what I mean? That Ryan Cabriolet Michael D's, Marshall Jilks, Elliot Mason, um, man to so so many dudes. my my contemporaries man like 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 Corey wallace man mm-hmm. great musician man great trombone player like um so i i uh i have so much love for trombonists and for the lineage of jazz trombone because it's so it's so rich um and it was really important to me to be a part of that um and it seems that in all of the musicians and a lot of the artists and and authors that i respect and love the most it seems like a lot of them lived in New York, or at least had some, at some point in their life had some affiliation with New York. Okay. And I wanted, there, there's something here, and there's something about that. All my favorite music is here, so it seemed like the natural move. Mm-hmm. That
0: seemed like the natural move. So, man, coming from Michigan State, right? Mm-hmm. Mike D, Mike Dees is your teacher. Michael Dees was my teacher, yeah. Rodney Whitaker. Rodney Whitaker. So, what are the two things, one thing you learn from each of them that you're gonna carry with you forever? Oh man, one thing from each of them.
1: I don't man. That's I learned so much from both of those gentlemen. (laughs) I learned. I still learned so much from both of those gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael Dees told me a story one time about a video that he watched of JJ Johnson, and um, in the video, JJ just played, like, two notes, and he played it, he played, uh, I don't, I don't it was just like a scene in E-flat, a high scene in E-flat, and, um, and Mike's just talked about how moved he was by those two notes, and, um, I mean, that, that's, I guess that's a lesson that we all have to learn, right, is that it's not, it's not about, it's not so much about the, all, all this, you know, all this crazy content, but it's about the intent behind that content and mike is a musician that i've never heard him play something that it doesn't sound like he really believes Damn. and okay. that's heavy man that's and even like i've just never heard you know what i mean like who wh- how he plays is exactly who he is and that's mm-hmm. that's really cool and mm-hmm. to observe that was a gift and to to hear him talk about jj that same way was just these two notes just like so moving. He meant it so, you know, that that was a great thing to both observe and to listen to him talk about. That's with Mike. Wow. And Rodney, man. Rodney taught me more about mentorship than anyone else in my whole life. Rodney took me, on, I mean, Rodney definitely changed my life for sure. He called, I remember I was on marching band field uh, I was about to, I was possibly going to go to Interlo- Interlaken uh, Fine Arts School for my junior year of high school and junior and senior year. And it was, I had the audition like two days later. And I was at a marching band rehearsal in Lansing, Michigan. And Rodney called me. He got my number from like my teacher, some, somebody. And he invited me because they, they needed trombone players to fill out their third jazz band. And he invited me to come play with Jazz Band 3. And I don't know if he knows... How much that changed my life, mm-hmm. but I had I had already had so much respect for the school and had gone to see their concerts all the time and had so much respect for the professors there, and um, I I went and played in Jazz Band Three and I didn't go to Interlock and I stayed in Lansing I was finished out which I again there are so many benefits to that too mm-hmm. that I'm now learning even more, um, and then he just you know, he just took me under his wing he I was teaching two days a week my freshman year in Detroit with Rodney so I got to teach. With Professor Whitaker, I got to, I got to watch him teach, and I got to watch him mentor, and at the same time be mentored by him. And I mean, just that man. No one else in my whole life has taught me more about mentorship than Rodney Whitaker.
0: Man, what role does relationship building play in your success as a musician and a human being? Man, the everything. <laughs> it's like I mean, yeah,
1: I, every I mean, relationship building on on all fronts, man. Right? It's like professional relationships, business partnerships, and stuff like that, and then also our personal relationships, our friendships, our romantic relationships, fam- familial relationships. I can go through every one of those and talk about how it's you know it's 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 been you know central to to my development, both as a musician and as a human being. Um, and so I think I think it's it everything. Like your family is it, my I was. I have no misconceptions about how incredibly blessed I was with the family that I have. Like my my um my parents split really early, but there, there was I never saw any animosity between them because that was I was like 2 months old or something like that, you know. Oh, wow, and okay. so to me to me growing up uh, it was just normal. You know, I lived with mom in Lansing, dad lives in Muskegon. It was not a, like a weird thing, you know, <laughs> as opposed to like people that split later and kids are like 3 or 4. That's exactly. a more difficult to process. So my family was always really supportive. Both my parents are super creative in their own right. My dad is a lifelong glassblower, so he I was just always doing creative stuff when I was a kid with him, and um, my mother is uh, is all about basically like uh, community like development and like she she works for a nonprofit. She's the director of a nonprofit, excuse me, for years that does all this stuff with with like bringing in senior programs and like affordable housing stuff, bringing in food a new food resource center into this place. Um, like different jobs programs. I mean, it's, she like, it's, she's creative in her own right in that thing. And in that, in that capacity. And, um, they, you know, because of their own experiences and because of their, um, kind of professional autonomy, uh, they've, they were always supportive of whatever, you know, field I was going to go into. So when I said music, they were like, great. Awesome. Sounds good. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, our friends, like, you know, you can't do anything without friends, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, uh, and, and business relationships, you know, most of my business relationships are my friends now. Right, right. Right, right. You know, I actually, man, I'm going to tell a story the first time I met you. And we okay. Talk, we talk about this story and this, but this is really important. And this is something that is not unique to the, to the jazz world, but it's central to the jazz world in my experience. And we met on a on a trio gig at you know, Cubana you know Social. yeah Cubana social F- what, four years um, ago? with That's yeah with problems. kathleen with kathleen murray uh, three years three years ago man three years ago and um, <laughs> and we i remember like both of us were like kind of arriving like almost late you know what I'm saying? like al- like not late but almost late like right. we we're like all right we got like seven minutes to set up and then hit yeah. it so we set up we said hey what's up man i'm peter hey what's up man i'm darian um and then we hit and we played the first set and we locked up real well. We locked up really well, and it was it was one of those things. Where we're like, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> and then on the break, we were sitting at the bar, and we just, I don't we hadn't talked for like two minutes. So we but we talked about something, and it just like it was super, just this really natural conversation. And then we were quiet for a minute, and you said, man. I think we should be friends. And I, was like, and I was like, "Yeah, man, that sounds great. Like, yeah, let's be friends." Yeah. And then you were like, "No, no, man. I don't know if you know what you're getting into, man. I don't know if you get, you know, when we're friend, when you know, when we're friends, you're fam." Right. right. And and I was like, "All right." Awesome. <laughs> and then like two days later, I went to your birthday party. Right. You know, like two days later, I went up to Harlem to your birthday party. So it was, and but that's that you know that's it, man. Like that that family. You know what I mean is like is so central to everything that I do you know so that that has been that's been the driving force in my relationship with music
0: right and you know all all the stuff I do Wow man yeah that's great damn so Peter. thank you for that man I appreciate that so just speaking of relationships and like uh, you know business relationships mm-hmm. friendships like the other element or the other level to the next level to that is love yeah. romantic love mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you know for me i don't know when i'm in love i feel like you know i can play music better you know what i mean like everything has meaning like what is it like for you when you're in love man or I must you are in love uh yeah so <laughs> so i mean
1: you know you you know my girlfriend marta mm-hmm. you know we, we're all good friends um and love i mean absolutely it's all those good things right it's a source of inspiration it's warmth it's it's uh you know it's it's safety you know when like when when we are fearful when we are hurt when we're all you know we're damaged by something it's safety it's it's condolence and it's also but it also challenges us it challenges us right like when you really love someone you want to be the best person for them right and you want to be supportive and you know empathize and and be you know put put them before you and that's you know those are those are you know big things that we have to learn how to do and i have been really fortunate to share a lot of love in my life with a lot of different people um you know both both platonically and romantically and every everything i mean i've, I've learned so much from from that love and i think something that my mother taught me when i was really young i don't i don't even know like what context this was in but there, she said that there's there's lots of different kinds of love like we have this we have this weird thing in our minds where like love is either romantic or familial and sometimes like friendship you know what i mean but that's like that's that's so i mean that just doesn't allow for any other variants, you know and like or, or any other like i mean there's like there's a love and a trust between like a mentor and a student you know what i mean there's there's love and trust between you know like A Client of some sort in this. I mean like there's lots of different there's so many different types of love to me and When we stop being afraid of that, you know, we can explore those different types of love and they don't you know, so romantic love is amazing and But like when you realize there's all these other types of love that we cultivate it also It kind of takes the pressure off of -hmm. those of romantic and familial love to bear all of the responsibility to you know to satisfy our own needs for love, right? So that's, I think that's really big is to not be afraid to love, not be afraid to explore all of these different types of love,
0: you know? Yeah, man. That, <laughs> you want to something, man. You should write a book, man. <laughs> all right. So listen, man, I want to, I want to change, switch gears real quick and talk about, I want to talk about New York City and cool. the challenges that you faced you know what I mean some that you anticipated and others that you didn't anticipate like what are those challenges and how do you continuously overcome those things as they come up mm. I mean there's a lot
1: there's a lot to talk about there right I uh we all have an idea of New York when we move here right and some of those things are going to be true and some are going to be totally wrong and some, you know what I mean and some <laughs> right. are things that we never thought of so like um New York forces you to come, come, you know, to grips very quickly with what you need to do to survive. Firstly, you know, when, when you don't, you're like, okay, I want to, I want to play some music and I want to, you know, I'm about to smash on giant steps right now, but I also really got to, you know, pay this rent and I got to get some food to (laughs) Mm -hmm. eat, you know, and all these things. And for me, when I moved here, I moved to New York city and immediately started having well, I had actually just started to have physical problems with dystonia. And at that time, I had no idea what it was. So I had to stop playing. Like, months after I moved to New York City, I had to... Well, I had to not, not entirely completely stop, but I had, to, I had to, like, not make that central. And I had to get another job that would support me. Right. So I bartended for a while when I moved to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that was a whole other experience because I got to listen to everybody's stories there. Because when you bartend... No one there, no one who works where you work is, that's like, that's their main thing. Right. You know what I mean? So you learn all these stories. I met, I met a dancer. I met lots, lots of, um, you know, people from other countries that were like working like summer jobs or this and that, you know what I mean here? Um, it, like students and stuff like that. I met lots of people through that, through that job. And, and that immediately showed me the, because I was also bartending, I was also bartending like really close to wall street. Oh, and so I got to see, <laughs> I got to see some of the kind, kindest people, and some of the coolest people that I've ever that I've ever met, and some of the worst people I've ever met in the in the small period of time that I was there. It was really intense. Wow. And wow. um, and I'm grateful for that. But that to me was a really good introduction to New York City, and then you know the music the music industry. You know what I mean? Like New York is great because whatever whatever you imagine as far as like what your niche is musically there are other people here that also love that and also are trying to do that so there's there's built-in community you know you just have to find that community you just have to make relationship with that community so that's real. that's a great thing about new york right Mm -hmm. yeah so those are some of my thoughts so
0: so what challenges did you did you face that you had to overcome other than the dystonia
1: so i mean so many of my challenges in moving to new york were psychological around dystonia and around other physical things um but also New York is uh is so like I mean you can hear the best music, you can hear all these amazing musicians all the time. And it's so when you don't have when you don't really have perspective on like you, you know when you're when you're ultra competitive, which is kind of like the nature of so much so much these days you don't really have perspective to, to realize that when you hear these amazing musicians, they're just being honest. They're just like being true to themselves and being honest to what their output is going to be and what their message is. And it's not about like how bad they are, how, like how many notes they're playing, any of the, how much slick stuff they play. Um, so it's easy to hear them and, and become discouraged. It's easy to hear these crazy musicians, amazing musicians and become discouraged. But, you know, um, for me, I i i can't really speak from personal experience as far as that's concerned because um for me it was always inspiring hearing those musicians so because i you know because i was injured and i was like all right when i get back you know what i mean when i get yeah (laughs) when i get back um so you know and challenges with new york new york also puts serious pressure on relationships right because it's expensive it's expensive and it's it's uh i you know i think about this a lot man like Think about like the average kind of right in the middle New Yorker, man. Like they wake up, you know, maybe they're married, maybe they have a kid. Wake up, make sure their kids got breakfast, make sure their kid's ready to go to school. Uh, everything's cool with their spouse. Get their kid on the bus or get their kid wherever, on the subway, whatever. Jump on probably some kind of public transit. Be totally smashed in, like totally like, crammed right. in. Sensory overload all right. the time get off of that transit maybe get on another piece you know another meeting of transit um, and then and then you know get off that walk to work maybe they've got a couple blocks so again sensory overload cars honking lights flashing all this stuff do their job maybe they love what they do maybe they don't you right, know what i mean right. we're talking right in the middle right do their job all day potentially it's not a great day then they have to come do the same thing sensory overload all the way home you know raise the kids for 10 minutes Eat dinner for ten minutes, (laughs) relax for ten minutes. You know, go to sleep. Do do it again. You know, that's I empath I like. It takes a lot. I think it takes a lot to to be in New York. You know what I mean? To Mm -hmm. it takes. Somebody told me like if you get through your first year, you're done well. If you get through your second year, you're here. (laughs) And I I I like that. And you know I don't know if that's across the board, but I think I think that i have a lot of respect and a lot of empathy and compassion for people that have the courage and the fortitude to commit to commit to life here mm-hmm. and trying to make you know trying to make their world and also the world around a better place because of it that's i have a lot of a lot of respect for that
0: yeah man what are three things uh when you that you're grateful for man and i want you to like really think about this like if you just had to choose three things in your entire life Or three moments that you're really grateful for that, uh, you know, because sometimes I sit and I think about three things I'm really grateful for to to keep my life in perspective. You know what I mean? To remind me of like, no matter what's happening, that, hey man, it's going to be cool. What are those three things for you? Oh man, put me on the spot. Since I only get three.
1: I'm going to have to say the first thing that I'm grateful for is absolutely love. First thing. The love, you know, with my family and with my friends and with what I do, all those things. Love is certainly something I'm, you know, incredibly grateful for. Um, as far as perspective is concerned, I'm really grateful to my mother for always taking me to Fenner Arboretum Nature Center when I was younger and showing me trees that were just so old and like mm-hmm. walking around, rocking around in the world and, and then going, and sometimes going over to the Great Lakes in Michigan and swimming. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the natural world because it just puts it in perspective, you know, like nothing is, nothing is forever. And there are so many things in this universe that are, you know, Embarrassingly older than us, you know what I mean, right, and, right, right. and that, and you know that just, you know, it just shows you, you know, just commit to commit to what we have now, commit to this right now, because you know there's no sense in worrying so much. No, nothing's nothing's yeah, basically. Yeah. And then, man, I'm pretty happy to be alive. <laughs> right? You're the second person to say that. I would say that. That's I good. would Say that, man. It's um, there's a lot of really terrible shit in the world. And there's a lot of incredibly beautiful shit in the world. Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, things that are incredibly difficult to, to deal with and to move through. And there are things that are insanely gratifying, right? But but I'm I'm grateful that I get the opportunity, you know, right here, consciously, to engage in those things and to be part of those things. So I'm really grateful to be alive.
0: That's what's up. I'll give yeah, you man. one. All right. The one thing that I'm most grateful for that I could always think about to mm-hmm center and ground myself is my nephew and so I always think about us getting ice cream you Weird. know what i mean like this one time we got ice cream and like i'm just eating ice cream i'm just looking at him and he's like coloring you know what i mean Woo. he's like uncle d you want to color like, yeah man let's color yeah you know? and for whatever reason that memory just always makes me like okay man it's gonna be cool it's gonna be cool yeah kids man yeah <laughs> I think
1: kids are one thing that you can always trust. Even if they're messing up, man. Yeah. I think kids I think something you can always trust about kids is they're doing the best they can, man. Yeah. Even if yeah. they're even if they're messing up, they're doing the best they can. I can't say that about everybody, but kids, man.
0: You're right. There yeah. it is. I wanna thank Peter Nelson for coming on the Working Artist Project. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, Darren. Till next time.